0: Going on, only playbook fans. We are back for another episode. I am Sweetheart. I got Shovit alongside me. And today we are joined by Joe Orico, who is doing some great work at No Expert Fantasy Football. The host over there on his YouTube channel does an amazing work on Twitter. I mean, dude, I've just been diving into your threads, taking notes, picking nuggets. And uh, I'm ready for you to give me the uh the, I guess, the sugar and spice to winning my fantasy football league this year, man. How are you doing?
1: I'm great. That was quite the intro. Thanks so much, guys. Uh, yeah. Let's have a good episode today. Really happy to be here. Going to be a lot of fun. So
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Real quick before we dive into what we want to talk about, Joe, I want to give you the floor for like a couple minutes. Tell us a little bit about what brought you to fantasy football, where the football fandom started, uh, a little bit about you kind of on the personal side so the listeners, viewers can get to know you a little bit.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, I mean, you said it yourself, right? I mean, I named my channel No Expert Fantasy Football. Um, I began my fantasy football journey of making content not as somebody uh, with a degree in fantasy football, if you will, but just someone who loves the game, uh, enjoys winning, enjoys having fun, enjoys the camaraderie that comes with it, uh, enjoys doing things like this, right? So I've realized it was a passion of mine um, and I just went full force, dove right in, not as an expert. Um, but now, I mean, I think, you know, a year or two later, I'm, I, I might be approaching that point. Um, but yeah, on Twitter at no FF, that's where you can find all my content and YouTube as well. So
2: you're gonna, you're gonna have to have, change your name to expert FF soon, man. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, I got the silver logo for the no expert FF. I might change it to expert, make it gold. I've thought about it, but I'm not there yeah. yet. I'm not there yet.
0: That seems there. that seems like the perfect organic segue when you've made it. You're like, I'm officially <laughs> taking off the no on my experts. So that's, right. That's, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> that's awesome. Just from a football perspective, Joe, who's your who's your squad and who, you know, who's your favorite football team? Um, oh geez. You
1: know, I get a lot of slack for this with my friends back home. I'm, I'm not a bandwagoner, but like, I just love my fantasy team. So I tend to like root for those teams eventually, but you know, I'm from New Jersey. So if I got to pick a team, it is the jets and in true bandwagon fashion, of course, but I, I have, I own a Zach Wilson jersey. I'll go show you Uh, not (laughs) one of my better purchases, but yeah. Uh, J E T S baby.
0: Yep. That's awesome. That's a great year for the jets. Are you watching any hard knocks?
1: Oh yeah, watched episode three last night. Good time. Um, yeah, I mean every Tuesday, 10 p.m. for me. I, I mean, gotta gotta change the bedtime a little bit. So
0: yeah, 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 absolutely. No, that's awesome, man. Awesome. So glad to have you. Let's dive into the meat and potatoes today, Joe. We want to talk about three players that are undervalued heading into the 2023 fantasy football season. Um, I will kick us off. So you kind of get the structure and the gist of things. My number one player that is undervalued, which seems crazy is Cooper cup, Cooper cup ESPN has him ranked sixth overall, right? Overall, not just receivers, but he's going behind guys like Austin Eckler, obviously Travis Kelsey, even Jamar chase. Now, like, it's the cream of the crop. It's the top tier talent. So don't get me wrong. It's tough to say like one is better than the other, but I think recency bias has come into play. We're picking guys like Jamar chase who's up and coming, but Jamar chase is in an offense where there's a number two receiver that is almost as gifted as he is, right? Let's not forget the Cooper Cup in 2021 was wide receiver one. Let's not forget that Cooper Cup last year was wide receiver one before he got hurt. And on a points per game basis in just nine games, he was still number one. So I think it's crazy that we have even guys like Kelsey going outside ahead of Cooper Cup. I wouldn't take Chase ahead of Cooper Cup personally, but that's just me. Even Austin Eckler, I have my reservation. So I think people are forgetting about how good Cooper Cup was. I know the hamstring injury concerns. I know Matt Stafford and his injury concerns that offense and that team as a whole last year was in such disarray that I think we forgot that a year before that they won the Super Bowl. So uh, I have Cooper cup on my number one uh, player that is being undervalued this year. Joe, what are your thoughts there?
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, I put out a tweet last night, something along the lines of you're up with the one Oh four, you know, standard draft Uh, CMC chase and uh, JJ of course are off the board. Who do you take? Now, my pick's a little surprising. It's Saquon. Maybe we'll get into it later. Um, but Cooper Cup is right there with him at the 104. In fact, I don't think there should be much debate. Uh, you touched on it, the points per game. He, In fact, he has the highest PPR points per game of any player, any position, including quarterbacks, the last two seasons. Um, yeah, Cooper Cup, arguably, I, we're really doing the thing again where we don't draft him in the top five, mm-hmm. and he's going to be the best player in fantasy again. So that's my thoughts. As good a pick as it comes. For me. Yep.
2: Yeah. I mean, last year, this time we're having a debate of whether it's gonna be Jefferson or Cooper Cup that finishes wide receiver one, right? So I'm gonna give you my reservation on not picking Cooper Cup, and I just wanna know your thoughts on what what you think about this. But like it's just the Rams team as a whole, right? So come time for uh, you know, week. So 13 14 are the rams going to be relevant and are they going to still play their starters as you expect them to play and that's my only and the fact that you know cooper cup is getting a little bit older he's hitting 30 now will he still be he doesn't have any competition van jefferson you know that's an afterthought but just the fact that the rams team as a whole i'm just not convinced that you will get that production it's like fancy uh playoff times you need your uh, wide receiver wonder. Be there. I don't know if he's going to be there. So that's a little hesitancy there for me, but just interested to know your thoughts
0: on that. Yeah. I mean, again, hesitancy is normal, right? That's why he's, that's why we're talking about him in the 109. Or I mean, he's getting drafted like 108, 109 is where I'm seeing it. Uh, so that's why we're talking about the hesitancy. Cause if there wasn't any, he'd probably be going 101 or 102, right? Like just years past. But I think if, If healthy, the hardest part about being a fantasy football expert, Joe, is that you can't project for injuries. I think if you start to project injuries, it makes rankings and ADPs all that much more difficult. So I'm basing this on the assumption that Cooper Cup is going to come in and be healthy. It's a hamstring. He's 30. So, you know, see Keenan Allen if you want to talk about older age wide receivers that have nagging hamstring injuries. But until I see that it is nagging and he's not going to be the same player, I will be just remiss if I, you know, pass on him and then I see him produce wide receiver one number. So uh, that is number one on my list for you guys. Let's move right along. Number two on my list for most undervalued players. Garrett Wilson, he is very, very popular this offseason in topics amongst fantasy football world, and rightfully so, Joe. The New York Jets got Aaron Rodgers, so they were just a quarterback away. Last year, Garrett Wilson was, what, fifth or sixth in targets with Mike White and Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco throwing him the football? Like, that's absurd. And now, you look at this year, you have Aaron Rodgers, who loves to force feed his number one receiver Devontae adams uh i think the last four years with Rodgers, 12 touchdowns 10 touchdowns 13 touchdowns 18 touchdowns 11 touchdowns five years and so i think the biggest part of garrett wilson's game that lacked last year was touchdowns right so he was seeing the targets with a horrible quarterback play uh with a running back that was basically putting himself on the map as a superstar and now you go out and get a quarterback in aaron Rodgers. garrett wilson is getting drafted behind guys like Diggs, Lamb, and even Devonte Adams, who we just talked about. Don't get me wrong; people probably think I'm crazy for drafting him potentially ahead of those guys. But where I see him finishing at the end of the year, if he's fully healthy, Rogers is fully healthy all year, is he's going to finish ahead of those guys, in my opinion. So for me, Garrett Wilson being ranked by ESPN right now is like 15th wide receiver, eight. I think he's closer to wide receiver four or five with top three upside. show it. Thoughts.
2: Yeah, I mean, no no arguments there. I mean, I think that whenever I was doing a, a draft, um Devontae Adams was drafted right before Garrett Wilson. And some of the guys that were available was like Jalen Waddle, Amon Ray St. Brown. And we know Amon Ray St. Brown is a consistent player. Jalen Waddle the wide receiver two to Tyreek Hill. So it's really between um, Garrett Wilson and Devonte Adams. And and now you have a guy uh, with Aaron, with uh, Garrett Wilson that Aaron Rodgers considers as like a Devonte Adams, right? That wide receiver one role. I mean, they've been utilizing him all of last year. Now with Aaron Rodgers, the sky's the limit for this guy. Going into a sophomore year where receivers you've seen excel from their rookie season as well. So yeah, no complaints on Garrett Wilson for me. Joe, what do you think?
1: Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Um... I believe he's going as wide receiver nine, wide receiver 10 off the board right now, maybe even a little higher. So last year, nine games with Zach Wilson, uh, just under nine fantasy points per game. No good. With Mike White or Joe Flacco at QB in those eight games, 17.3 fantasy points per game. If you were to extend that to a whole season, for example, that would have been uh wide receiver eight last year. And that is with uh Mike White and Joe Flacco. Um, so if you insert Aaron Rodgers to this equation, uh With a floor of wide receiver eight, if you will. Absolutely. I mean, I see a top five pick in 2024 drafts incoming for Garrett Wilson. I'm all in. I love that I can draft a stud running back in round one and follow that up with Garrett Wilson, who is just as good as his wide receivers in round one. I've been doing that a lot lately. So yeah, I'm all in. Great pick.
0: My fear, and this is almost like if I don't get him, I'm worried about somebody else stacking their roster. And what's happened yeah. to me is I've been drafting on sleeper at the nine slot because that's where a home league I'm going to be drafting in. And quite often, I'm usually getting like uh, the opportunity to get, you know, Bijan or Barkley at the nine. And then coming back, it's either Adams and Garrett Wilson right now. Like you said, I think he's like 18 to 20, so he doesn't pop up right away. And I'm like, if I don't reach for Wilson, there's no chance I get him again. There's just no chance. And we talk about it, Joe, the biggest thing about undervalued players is this guy this year versus next year and probably every year moving forward, you're not going to be able to draft him where he's at right now. Like he is going to be a top five pick moving forward for as long as probably Aaron Rodgers is there. And even beyond that, if he solidifies himself as a Devontae Adams-esque receiver. So yeah, I think he's undervalued. I think the sky's the limit. Uh, I'm just toying with my own personal dilemma of do I go with Adams or do I go with the guy who I think is basically going to be Adams moving forward? So uh, tough, tough decision there for me. Number three on my list, Anthony Richardson, quarterback for the Colts. Um I mean it's it's not rocket science in the sense of why there is upside and why he's undervalued. He's going as ESPN quarterback number 17. I mean, if we just look at fantasy football over the last three, four years, there's been a dynamic shift where you have rushing quarterbacks that don't have to be good passers, but still produce better fantasy football finishes than pure pocket quarterbacks, right? That's why you see all these pocket quarterbacks start to get pushed down, uh, the Kirk cousins of the world. And so you look at Anthony Richardson, he's coming in as a physical freak. What RAS score is the most physically gifted quarterback to ever touch the football field in the NFL. So the rushing upside alone makes this guy a potential thousand-yard rusher with 10 touchdowns, right? And that alone gives him a fantasy football finish that is going to be relevant to some of these pocket quarterbacks in the later half of the stage. Now, you pair him with a former Super Bowl offensive co- coordinator and Shane Steichen as his head coach, who obviously is going to probably cater this offense in a way that they cater Jalen Hurts's offense in Philadelphia, right? So let's cater to this quarterback. Let's play to his strengths. We don't know what Jonathan Taylor is going to do, but I don't know that that necessarily helps nor hurts. Yes. Him being on the field could take a lot of the defense away from Richardson. But I think if he's not there, they're literally Richardson or bust. So it's like they could be a four and 12 team and Richardson still could, could output a top 12 quarterback finish. So I think there is upside, obviously so much risk, obviously accuracy, and just being a quarterback in the NFL has questions, but just from a rushing perspective, Joe, I think this guy is definitely worth a flyer in the late rounds.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, in fact, in single QB leagues, I like taking a guy, for example, a little earlier, like Kirk Cousins, maybe Geno Smith, and then stacking, you know, in the in the later rounds with Anthony Richardson, right? Let him develop on my bench, let him get all the kinks out. And then, you know, come week eight, come week nine, maybe even earlier, you know, he's there winning your league. It's a top five QB. I think that's definitely within the range of outcomes for all the reasons you just described. Got to target the Russian QBs. And for what it's worth, looked good in the preseason. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were really trying to create a narrative, you know, especially after those first two throws, one of which was a pretty bad interception, of course. Um, but I mean, immediately turned it right around and looked really good. Made some good throws, bad drop, has some good weapons. I hope JT stays around. We can figure that whole thing out. But even still, um, you know, he's a guy, you know, a lot like Josh Allen who can just take over the field. So anytime you got a guy like that. You know, I like it. And in Superflex, grab him as your QB2. You're going to have to pay a pretty good price, but it could really, really pay off. And I think there's later round QBs in Superflex that you can sub in. Um, You know, maybe we'll talk about one later, but yeah.
2: I mean absolutely like you're t- you're trying to get a running quarterback and you're telling me there's 17 other quarter- quarterbacks in fantasy football world that are going to be better than this rushing quarterback who's going to be the starting quarterback of his team like I'm not buying it a- absolutely like you know the Justin Fields type of players from last year where you can where you can get in the later rounds and really uh, excel and and have a uh, you know great wins like 50 you know justin fields had like 50 points one week right like he has the ability to be able to do that whether that happens or not we'll see but you'll take that gamble um and great value pick as well so yeah no complaints from here
0: yeah it's crazy to think range of outcomes for that for him not you know not out of the range of possibilities then you think of a guy like kirk cousins even a guy like aaron Rodgers. you're never you're not getting a 50 point performance for any of those quarterbacks this year it's just not happening geno smith not happening kirk cousins not happening right so that is why he is worth that late round flyer uh Joe, I'll kick it over to you. Give me your three undervalued players, my man.
1: Yeah, so my first one is Dallas Goddard. So Dallas Goddard's going off the board here as tight end six, arguably tight end seven. Uh, Pitts is, you know, one spot ahead of him at the moment. Um, the reason I like Dallas Goddard so much, you know, aside from the fact uh, that he's ranked tight end one in air yards per target the last two seasons, uh, besides from the fact that you know, that he's the tight end three in fantasy points per game for the first 10 weeks of last season before being injured. Besides the fact that he averaged five or more targets per game, 50 plus reception yards per game, but it's the price, right? He's the last tight end for me on the board that can genuinely go ahead and finish in that top three, right? Everyone says Andrews, Kittle, or excuse me, Andrews and Kelsey as the top one and two, Who's the third last year was TJ Hawkinson this time last year. Nobody thought TJ Hawkinson was going to finish as the tight end three. Uh, This stat is credit to Nathan Yonke over at PFF, but Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Dallas Goddard, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, Gronkowski, Pitts, and Hawkinson. Those are eight guys, right? Top eight tight ends in terms of PFF receiving grade over the last three seasons. So there have been 16 times over the last three seasons where a tight end averaged 11.8 fantasy points per game, 15 of those 16 seasons, uh, have from, come from a tight end graded as a top eight tight end. The only exception was Dalton Schultz, right? So you really want those top eight tight ends in terms of this receiving grade. Goddard fits the mold. He already did this last year. Again, tight end three before the injury. And yeah, I mean, he's the last guy off the board. I'm all in. I love it.
0: Yeah, he was one of the only good players on my team last year, and I absolutely <laughs> adore Dallas Goddard. So uh, I go. am bought in. Des, despite, <laughs> despite the fact that he, you know, he's, in a room where there's going to be so many other weapons and he's going to be, you know, I guess, I guess prying some of the uh, targets his way, but, the offense only is going to get better. I'm bought in on Jalen Hurts for another year to take another leap. So I, I agree, man. I think if you're taking anybody in that Philly offense right now, it's a home run. But the best value of any of those guys right now on that offense that you're getting is Dallas Goddard by far.
1: Right. And and again, I like Waller. I even like Kittle. A lot of people don't. I'm a big fan of the set it and forget it tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my mind, Goddard has the same ceiling, same floor as Waller, Kittle, Hawkinson, for example. Um, and he's just going later than them. So as a result, I mean, I'm just drafting him everywhere. I think he's a great value, undervalued, if you will.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. So if you're not going to draft Kelsey, who's like the sure number one, right? You want to get a tight end in the later rounds, fourth and fifth round. You mentioned Waller. Those two guys that I would toy with is probably Darren Waller or Dallas Goddard. And, and you know, you can't really go wrong with either one of those. I just love the utilization that Waller has had in the preseason. Um, and then the, and Dallas Goddard with the Eagles. I mean, yeah, yeah he's definitely going to get his target share for sure.
0: Yeah, so much buzz around Waller and the Giants uh, camp this offseason, right? I mean, if he's healthy, he's one of the few you know, freak show tight ends of his kind. So, you know, hopefully he is healthy. Joe, give us your second one.
1: Yeah, my second guy, currently the wide receiver 39 in drafts. Um, Brace yourselves, it's Gabe Davis. Um, So he's going 95th overall in the late seventh round, sometimes the eighth round. He's going around guys like Traylon Burks, Odell Beckham Jr., Kadarius Toney, for example. Those guys are a little bit behind him. Um, But yeah, I just feel like Gabe Davis's ADP, uh, wide receiver 39, it's going to pay off. Um, you know, that's really the floor considering the floor we saw last year. It was wide receiver 28, where he finished. He played through Josh Allen's elbow injury and he played through his own high ankle sprain. I mean, every single report out of camp this season, Gabe Davis breakout season, we have the team tweeting that there's going to be a Gabe Davis breakout season, hundred percent hit rate on that by the way, but (laughs) he really should be the number two target for Josh Allen. Um, it's very little risk. He's going to beat his ADP. And how many guys, you know, when you look at Traylon Burks or Odell or Darius Tony, how many guys can go out and be the wide receiver one at that ADP? Maybe like Michael Thomas, right? If you get a few games out of him, sure. But really, in that range, in the eighth round, if you can get Gabe Davis as your wide receiver four or like your flex, you know, if you can sub him in and out of your flex and he goes and drops 45 points, you're probably winning. And if he's your flex, Well, if he drops three points, you know, it, you know, maybe it's not the end of the world. So I just love that ability from a player going sold late in drafts to just win me a week. Um, And last year also, you know, he caught under 60% of his targets. So that's bound to increase this year. As I said, the camp reports are he's catching all different types of targets. So I'm in uh, again, controversial in the community, but uh, I'm in, I'm sold. And I was sold last year and I honestly enjoyed the experience. I enjoyed the one wide receiver one (laughs) overall finish before all the injuries. I enjoyed it and he's my boy. So I drafted him again in my main league. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Gabe Davis just kind of terrifies me. I, I <laughs> had him and then I traded him for uh, Deontay Johnson, which didn't really pan out to anything either. No touchdowns last year. But the thing with Gabe Davis is like now I feel like, you know, with Dalton Kincaid in the mix, uh, it just makes it a little bit more tough for the Bills to kind of give him that target share. Like you're going to be, you're going to draft Gabe Davis and he's going to be in your bench and you're going to have to decide, like, should I flex him? Should I? And like you're going to have this, like, you know, this un. Just, just this thing that you're going through, where you're you're not sure which week you he's actually going to go off, and the week that he goes off is it the week that you start him? So it's just a headache that I would personally try to avoid.
0: But I mean, you're right. With that value, he could turn out to be something. No, I think there's something to be said about having like fantasy football PTSD, right? Because everybody yeah. that didn't own Gabe, that everybody that owned Gabe Davis but didn't play him during the weeks he popped off last week, they're all like this year. I don't want any part of Gabe Davis. So Joe, let me tell you my quick Gabe Davis story. I didn't have (laughs) Gabe Davis. I traded for Gabe Davis like mid season. Um, I believe I got rid of, uh, Godwin. It was like a package deal, but the players I remember was I gave away Godwin and I got Gabe Davis. Well, the ensuing like two or three weeks were the weeks that he just went bonkers on my team, right? Just absolutely bonkers. And I was like, this is amazing. Best trade Mm -hmm. ever. And I was like, Well, the reality of this is it's not sustainable. So what did I do? I turned around and I traded Gabe Davis in a package (laughs) that netted me at the latter half of last year, Tony Pollard, when Zeke got hurt, and then Pollard took over. Suffice to say, I won that league. It was like probably a you know, checkered, everybody else was playing checkers and I was playing chess to be honest with you, but it was one of the best moves I've ever made twice trading for him. He pays off, trade him away. He was a dud the rest of the season. And I got Tony Pollard who basically was like a fantasy football proverbial winner last year. So a uh, great Gabe Davis vibes for me. I am all in just because my brain tells me with Gabe Davis comes a lot of happy, happy euphoric dopamine rush. So yes, Gabe Davis.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I, great story. Um, I, I if I could give some advice, To rostering Gabe Davis, I would just say buy into the ride. When you put him in your flex, expect nothing. And if your team is not good enough to be able to do that, you gotta, you know, do that, get the floors elsewhere, and then shoot for the moon in the flex. But that's just me. Bring us home. Uh yeah. So my third guy, um originally on the surface, you know, I had a good feeling about this dude, but it was a little vanilla. I went with it anyway, and I uncovered some good stuff. So my, uh, my third undervalued player is Brock Purdy going off the board as QB 21. So I'll start by saying, I think his ADP is relatively appropriate. I mean, when you look at the guys going in front of him, you know, there's not many names, um, where you're like, Oh, Brock Purdy's way better or, Oh, Brock Purdy will definitely finish better. It's more so just Brock Purdy himself. Right? So uh, last season took over in week 13, played 90% of snaps in that game. Jimmy G only played 10. He got hurt. Um, so weeks 13 to 18 in terms of completion percentage during that time, 68%, percent sixth amongst all QBs, catchable percentage, 86%. Number wow. one against amongst all QBs pass attempts per touchdown, 12. So that's lowest amongst all QBs. And then quarterback rating weeks, 13 through 18, 108, first amongst all QBs. So, Purdy averaged 18.1 fantasy points, right? In those starts, that would be good for QB9 over that stretch. I mean, in those games, did not score lower than 16.4 points. His highest was 23.6. And, you know, historically, we've just seen second year QBs break out. Um, a lot of them are first rounders. I get that. But a lot of them, in fact, none of them really have the weapons that Purdy has. And all of them have some sort of good weapons, right? You rarely see a second-year QB break out with poor weapons, right? That's why I'm a little lower on, like, Desmond Ritter, for example. Obviously, Bijan's a monster, and Pitts is great, but we haven't seen it yet. Um, with Purdy, though, I mean, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon IU George Kittle, Kyle Shanahan, that's arguably the best offense in the NFL. And all Purdy's got to do is throw it 10 yards. I mean, I looked up some highlights. Really just go watch Debo Samuel and George Kittle get the ball uh, and run with it. And you will be in on, on Brock Purdy. I love him in Superflex. I just drafted a team where I took Pat Mahomes second overall and I waited about, wow. geez, eight rounds and drafted Purdy, stacked him with Debo, drafted a little back to front there. I love the team. Um, and then in super fl- or excuse me, in single QB, he's going to be a great guy to throw in during those bye weeks Um, definitely toss him on your bench for sure. And you know, no- you never know, maybe you can start him in some good matchups, but I just, since we saw him be that QB nine last year, I just feel like QB 21 is a good value.
0: Yeah. I, want, I wanted to debunk your take with the laziest San Francisco 49ers quarterback takes that we always hear where it's like, oh, it's Kyle Shanahan. Anybody can play. But now with Trey Lance being third on the depth chart, clearly incapable of figuring out the Shanahan offense. I think we can put that narrative to bed that every quarterback that's on the face of the planet can get thrown into that offense and succeed. So that actually helps your argument, Joe. I I, I do like that. I, I don't. I would personally go into my fantasy football draft and I don't know anybody that'd be like, I have an idea in my head that I'm going to draft Brock Brock Purdy. So it's about as, it's about as undervalued as undervalued gets basically. So I absolutely love it. Uh, And if Brock Purdy comes on to any sort of the scene where he is viable, top 12, top 15, like you are going to be the only guy that I know that said Brock Purdy is undervalued. So uh, I love it, man. Shove it. Do you have any thoughts on Brock? Big cock. Yeah. I
2: mean, well, so uh, for me, I think Brock Purdy could be figured out. Um, But Here's why this is a good pick, and I like the undervalue because his first test is going to be against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who notoriously have a pretty good defense. All right. So, who is your favorite team, by the way? Who is my favorite? (laughs) May or may not be biased, but he's going against the Steelers, um, who've got TJ Watt, Minka, I mean, and made some additions in middle linebacker. They've got a good defense this year. If he can beat, like he can do well against Brock Purdy or against the Steelers, then you've just drafted a guy that you can fill in and you've got that, I guess, sort of like, hey, you know, I don't know. I'm not really sure how he's going to do it. That's your first test. And you already know from the week one. So I like that pick just for for that reason.
1: Thanks. Yeah. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I'm not, you know, like you said, I'm not coming in here. Go get Brock Purdy. But like, <laughs> it worked out really well for me. And just a perfect example, as I mentioned, you know, I took Mahomes early. I didn't really want to draft like Sean Watson or Daniel Jones before Geno Smith, three rounds before Geno Smith. I don't know who's finishing in that range from like you know, QB nine to QB 15, which spans four rounds, you know, I don't know who's going to finish first or last. I really don't. Um, And I didn't want to reach and I was finding good value. So I waited and I waited and I was eyeing up Howell and then Purdy fell and I was like, Oh, let's do it. And I looked into it a bit more. And I mean, I like it. I think he's a really good safety blanket in drafts. And again, um, you know, there are really worse, much worse picks. And it's kind of time also just to give him a, a little bit of respect. He never lost a game uh, that he didn't leave, you know, with the season ending, uh, pretty pretty bad injury. So I'm going to give my man his respect.
0: Yeah, mu- much deserved, much deserved. I'll definitely uh, at Brock Purdy so he can be like, man, that guy <laughs> Joe, that guy Joe really loves me. Um, yeah. Shelby, Let's go. <laughs> bring us home with your three undervalued players before we give Joe some rapid fire action. Awesome. Last
2: thing, Brock Purdy is the last pick of the NFL draft. He could be the last pick of someone's draft. And hey, you know, sure some... relevant. Love that, circle.
1: love that energy. <laughs> I love it. <that. laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. So the first undervalued player that I have is Jerry Judy, uh, ADP of 51 goes as wide receiver. 19. I've seen low as 57 as well. Last year finished with wide receiver 20 as a wide receiver 22, but there have been some changes, right? So Sean Payton is a new head coach for uh potentially better, better uh, Broncos, defense. offense. And I look at the last five games that he played, right? He had five catches per game, 15 and a half, uh, points per game in PPR, uh, half point PPR, which finishes as wide receiver six. So hoping that that continues on to the uh, next year. I think he's, he's got a huge, up, uh, huge upside and the Broncos believe in him, right? So they picked up his fifth year option. So he'll be here uh, this year and next year. Um, just a great receiver. That's good in the slot runs. It's a great route runner. I think that this is the year that he's going to take that step forward and solidify his role as wide receiver one in the Denver Broncos offense. Joe, what do you think?
1: Dude, he is so good at football. Uh, I just want to see a healthy Jerry Judy. Like, can we please just get one season with a fully healthy 17-game Jerry Judy? As you mentioned, after Nathaniel Hackett left last season, weeks 14 to 18, you know, average six targets per game, 90 receiving yards, three top 15 wide receiver wide receiver finishes in that span two top three wide receiver finishes in that span and uh yeah, weeks 14 through eighteen, like I said, wide receiver three in fantasy points per game. and the last time we saw him in a game week 18 career high one hundred fifty four receiving yards like let's go. I mean high end wide receiver two great value in drafts love it.
0: Yeah, I love him a lot in PPR, half-point PPR, more than in standard, obviously, just because I don't know from a touchdown perspective what that offense is going to output with Russell Wilson. But like you said, the ball's going to have to go somewhere. Jerry Judy can get open. Like, Russell Wilson needs to complete passes because even in the preseason, he's looked pretty porous, right? The one guy that can be your first read that you know is probably going to beat his man and press or man-to-man coverage is Jerry Judy. So that just means by default that the ball is going to try to go his way. Whether Wilson can put it there is another story, but if it is there, despite some drop uh, you know, concerns for him. I still think he's a good receiver. So I, I love the value there as well for a number one receiver on an offense that, you know, recency bias has to say they're bottom feeders, but it's Sean Payton. It's a perennial, former Hall of Fame, what we thought before last year in Russell Wilson. So I love it. Give us your number two.
2: All right, number two, I have James Conner, ADP of 69, RB 21. Um, So just some stats here. Last nine games, uh, 19.8 points per game in PPR he literally has zero competition there's no one that's coming in that's going to probably take his role uh, barring any injuries uh 22 and a half points per game so the the issue sometimes is like Kyler Murray isn't going to be there so is that going to hinder him so he yeah, had 22 and a half points per game when uh Kyler Murray wasn't their quarterback he's a three down back just he's going to have the workload right and and the coach uh, Jonathan Gannon has put an emphasis on run, running the ball. Um, Their offensive uh, linemen, they've also been saying, like, there's, there's been an emphasis on this. So I think that, you know, that's going to allow James Conner to be that James Conner that we saw. I, I remember from last year, the year before, we just kept getting touchdowns, t- touchdowns, and touchdowns. We're like, this has got to stop. It didn't. And I think that we can expect something as similar to that this year as well. And then last but not least, right, so Conner has gone out and said to draft him in, in fantasy
0: football. And uh, it's just... It- it's not a stat, but it's just a cherry on top. It's a vibe, bro. Awesome. Yeah. Eckler tells you that, <laughs> you're drafting him. So I think yeah. when, when players bring up fantasy football on their own and say, draft me, like that's an emphasis, right? I think there's plenty of players that are like, don't bring up fantasy football. I don't give a shit if your team won, lost, I don't care. But when you have guys like Eckler, guys like Connor, they're like, yo, draft me, bro. I'm going to be good. It's so hard for me to not draft that player at that point. You know, like they put their like name out there. It's like, I've basically written this ticket and now I have to like put my money where my mouth is. That's kind of how I look at it. And James Conner, like you said, the best thing about him, there's nobody behind him and there's nobody else really in that offense. Hollywood Brown. Yes. But do we know that Kyler's even going to play quarterback? Is it going to be Colt McCoy? Like they're going to be forced to give the ball to Connor, whether they like it or not. And all the people that didn't have Connor the year where all he was doing was getting like 50 yards and a touchdown or two. It was the most inefficient but great fantasy football year. I had Connor that year. So I loved it. I love the touchdown dependency because somebody's gonna have to score on this offense. I don't think they're gonna have zero points every week. Connor seems like the most likely touchdown dependent player on this team.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's really simple. Everything you guys said, and I will add that uh two running backs averaged 50 plus snaps per game in 2022. Saquon Barkley and James Conner. He is literally the cheapest workhorse running back available in drafts. Uh, And by the way, everybody knows this. Uh, It seems everyone's in, but the ADP doesn't go up. So for all of you who are hiding the secret of why you're not in, we know you're scared of the injuries. More for us.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Don't move that ADP. Everybody's in on him, but it stays where it's at. We'll just keep drafting more Conner. Yep. All right. Last but not least, I have also
2: running back James Cook at ADP of 83, RB25. A couple of reasons that I like James Cook is that he did. So looking at preseason, saw 100% of the starters reps during preseason, not Damian Harris. It was James Cook. Um, And he's in one of the highest scoring offenses this year. He catches the ball. Um, I don't think that Damian Harris is going to be an issue just based off that utilization in preseason. Um, And I think that, you know, moving forward, Bill's just need to have a more balanced attack right like the pass heavy running the ball with Josh allen like that's that's causes for injuries so i think that with adp 80 83 you don't really have to start james cook like right off the back. he can stay on your bench but you know the i think there's a massive upside that he could be the you know folk not the focal point but like an rb1 um on your
0: team and could produce produce get you touchdowns um this year it's not, every, it's not every year that you have one of the best offenses in the league and they're starting running back, who seems like is going to get all of the touches is going as the 25th running back. Right. I mean, we think about the juggernauts this year. And for some reason, that seems to be the case with the chiefs and their running backs going lower. You have, uh, uh, obviously the bills and their running backs going lower. Um, but I agree with you. I think James Cook is primed for a breakout. The Bills are not getting the job done putting the ball in Josh Allen's hands all the time. Like, he he is a phenomenal player, but he's also prone to making mistakes. I think that's the biggest caveat between him and Mahomes. So I think having a more balanced attack, opening up some play action where he's getting open windows to throw the football and not having to press the ball. Maybe he'll find Gabe Davis for those bombs. Maybe Gabe Davis will have those 40, 45 point weeks just because of James uh, Cook coming onto the scene and forcing defenses to play forward a little bit. I think, again, the whole team over the last two, three years has had Super Bowl or bust aspirations, and they've been so close. And I think the biggest thing that you can point to that you know, obviously defenses laps in the playoffs and stuff, but what's like one area of weakness or one area that the bills could get better at it's running the football. So I think just naturally they have the talent there. He's been sitting in the backfield uh, last year. So I just think, like you said, you're getting him as the 25th running back who is a starting running back for probably the best offense in football. So uh, sign me up 10 out of 10 times.
1: Yeah. I think for me, for the first time this episode, I'm a little colder um, on James cook. Now, This is not a James Cook problem. Uh, I think he possesses the three-down skill set. Obviously, he's very, very good at football. In fact, I think his ceiling could be this year's Tony Pollard. I mean, he's relatively overlooked in drafts, good after contact. Like I said, three-down running back, great offense, pass catcher, explosive. I get it. Um, We've just never seen from the Bills a running back, you know, really be super fantasy relevant. We've also just haven't seen it from James Cook yet. I mean, he was pretty good uh last year to close the season. The utilization was kind of there, but really in terms of like the monster outputs you look for with a breakout even just one game, two games, we never really saw it from James Cook last year. So I just worry the start might be a little slow here for James Cook. Like I said, the ceiling's super high. Just think in terms of other guys going around that ADP, uh, David Montgomery, for example, going four picks later, I'm um, I'm in there. Um, Detroit, you know, most expected fantasy points at the running back position in the NFL. I think if Cook was a little bit lower behind guys like Monty, uh, even behind Javante, I'm, I'm a big Javante guy, but obviously he's risky, um, you know, more in that Brian Robinson range or Khalil Herbert range. I'd be a bit more excited. I think it's a little pricey, but again, like really big ceiling and um, not the, not the riskiest to be honest. So I don't hate it, but not my favorite.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you Um, in terms of Montgomery. Like the only thing that I have against Montgomery is like, you just don't know what you're going to get with the Mm -hmm. Gibbs Montgomery. Like, well, you know, is it 50, 50 or, you know, I understand they did go out and pay him, but if Gibbs starts performing like really well, you know, and he could get majority of the shares, even if it's 60, 40, you're dealing with a guy in James Cook, that could be a lot more than just 50, 50, right? Like he could be the number one running back for that team. Uh, And so that's why I feel like there's a little bit more upside, but Montgomery might be, the safer pick.
1: Right. And that's Uh, just the constant balance. I mean, you guys know that's the balance upside versus safety. And again, it all just comes into your roster construction. I just, you know, I just worry week three, we're looking at two touchdowns from Latavius Murray. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about
0: this. (laughs) He's the biggest vulture in fantasy football, Joe. (laughs) There's nobody that's taking touchdowns like Latavius Murray.
1: He's goaded, but you know (laughs) what I mean? But anyway, yeah. Like I said, don't hate it at all.
0: Yeah. 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 No, I'm with you. I think, um, I think it just makes sense. I think we're trying to force the issue. We don't know that the Bills are quite there with James Cook, but we as the public want to be there because we want the Bills to take that next step. The next step is their running game. There's a running back literally waiting in the wings to be like, take me on, like, let me be your feature back. But like you said, Joe, we just haven't seen that from Cook, and we haven't seen that from the Buffalo Bills. So uh, it is really speculation, but if that speculation hits, shove it. You're getting a potential guy who could be an RB1 at what ADP of 83? That's ridiculous. So um that is it. Those are our three undervalued players heading into 2023. Let's end the episode with ramming you with some rapid fire. <laughs> okay. Are you ready, sir?
1: Oh, geez. I don't know anymore, but all right. <laughs> yeah, let's let's rip it up.
0: I was gonna ask you for your favorite football team. You already answered that. Who is your all-time favorite football player?
1: Oh, geez. I'm already, I'm already struggling here. Um am I like. Am I like allowed to say Travis Etienne, or is that just not allowed? It's your is favorite it, player. You can yeah, say whoever no. you want, man. It's 100% Travis Etienne. It's my boy. absolutely love that guy. Um, I went to school, not at Clemson, but in the ACC. So he was constantly uh, just killing us uh, in college games, followed him through the NFL. I just love his play style, uh, the big chunk gains. He's literally just my, one of my favorite players, and obviously he's recent, but uh, if I had to go back in the day, you know, I love Eli Manning, uh, just completely underrated, hated, uh, never got his respect, just won a couple of Super Bowls, the helmet catches, you know, those were some great childhood moments. So, uh, my more recent, and then of course, you know, back in the day pick.
0: Yeah, no, 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 I, I love that. I respect that. And yeah. It's always unique when you give players that nobody else is giving, right? We had a, oh, yeah. A, we had a, Riyadh, come on, who's a former college football player. And he said the guy he looked up to was uh, Delaney Walker, which we're like, that's a fantastic that's <laughs> person to look up to, man. Yep. So that's that's awesome. All right. Putting you on the spot a little bit. Think about one of your favorite or the best fantasy football team name you've had.
1: Any Gibbon Sunday, Jameer Gibbs. Ah, love it. Love,
0: what yeah. a great name. too. Off movie the top too. of my head. Or yeah. baby
1: back Gibbs. There's two.
0: Wow. <laughs> love it. Love Crazy. it. That's fantastic. <laughs> Joe, Brady or Mahomes?
1: Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Um, you know, I think there's a difference. The the cliche saying here, there's a difference between greatest and best. Um, you know, the game's evolving as well. I, by the way, never played a down of football in my life, right? So, but I mean, Brady just stone cold killer. Obviously, Mahomes the same way to this point, but geez, until he, you know, he starts stacking up those rings, um, you know, it's not a discussion at the moment. It's Brady's the goat for sure.
0: Yeah, I, I love it. All right. Rice or Moss.
1: Oh, geez. First thing that popped into my head was the uh, three catch stat line for Randy Moss Ooh, with that Cowboys. picture on the bench. Yeah, that was cool. But again, um, got to go with uh, with Rice. I'm a big fan of giving respect to the older guys. Obviously, like I said, the game's different. Doesn't mean it was any easier. I think it was harder in some aspects, easier in others. And I mean, Rice was just dominant. There's just no debating.
0: Yeah, no, 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 that's fair. Even though I'm a Vikings fan and Randy Moss my favorite player of all time. Hey, he's goaded, but (laughs) All right, 2023, biggest sleeper. Oh, biggest sleeper of
1: 2023. I would have to say most likely uh, Jahan Dotson. Uh, So he's going, you know, I'm pretty sure he's still going outside the top 30 wide receivers. Uh, I really like wouldn't be surprised if he finishes as a top 12 wide receiver, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and this, again, I shared, I had these thoughts before the McLaurin injury. Mm-hmm. He is just so good. Like just go on YouTube and watch Jahan Dotson NFL highlights. He is doing things that I like, I can't really even do in Madden, uh, the spin move touchdowns yards mm-hmm. after the, like, it's crazy. Um, it's not, he doesn't get the most hype sometimes just cause he's on the commanders and Sam Howell, who looks great, but yeah, he's a guy I really think it surprised a lot of people.
0: No, I think I share that sentiment as well. Coming out of Penn State, he was one of the best route runners I'd seen. I think he was just so smooth and fluid with everything he did. Yeah. I, I'll even take it one step further, Joe. I wouldn't be surprised if ADP McLaurin's going where? Like fourth round right now? Fifth round maybe? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the season, Dotson finishes where McLaurin would finish and McLaurin finishes where potentially Dotson would finish. I, I, I really yeah. think he's got the talent to be a – true number one receiver. Now that offense, like you said, Sam Howell, right? Like we don't know who's going to get the football or how much they're going to get the football, but two guys on that receiving core, tremendously talented. Uh, I love Jahan Dodson all in on him this year. Uh, Let's flip it though. Biggest bust of 2023.
1: Jeez, biggest bust of 2023. I'm going to anger people. People will get mad. Um, But yeah, it's Mark Andrews for me. So just in that ADP range of like, you know, 22 to 30, where he's going. Um, the the main argument for Andrews, you know, coming off of last season, defending the bad season was that Lamar Jackson uh, was injured, of course. Um, but actually, if you look at his 2021 season, he averaged six more fantasy points per game with Huntley at QB. So it's, it's arguable that if Lamar didn't get hurt in 2021, he wouldn't have finished as tight end one. And people mm-hmm. look at the tight end one finish and they're like, oh my God. This is the only guy, other than Kelsey, that can do this. Um, And they see last year, oh, oh, he didn't do it last year because Lamar was hurt. And really, when you look into it, there's more to it than that. I think Mark Andrews is a great player. I think he is one of two, maybe three, if you include Waller, tight ends that can lead the team in targets. Uh, He's fantastic. The late second round price tag is a little rich for me. If he finishes tight end four, a you're going to be disappointed, and b Like, that's a bust, in my opinion,
0: Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, no, I I totally, it's just about ADP, right? So where he's getting drafted and the value versus what he could potentially finish versus the guys that are drafted way beyond him that could finish just as good as him, if not better. Yep. Uh, All right. Who is the 2023 league winner, Joe? The 2023
1: league winner is Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs is a smash draft for me anywhere in the third round. I took him early third round in a super flex league. So he should be going late fourth at that point. Uh, I'm all in. I mean, as soon as we, as soon as Pollard is off the board, we're, we should be thinking Jameer Gibbs uh, in that tier with Ramadre, Brees, Jameer Gibbs uh, for me. So just come out of college. This is a transcendent receiving back. It's very convenient to draw the Alvin Kamara uh, comparisons they are 100% justified. Coach Dan Campbell himself was an offensive assistant 2017 Alvin Kamara's rookie season. I believe he was PPR running back three, by the way, Mark Ingram running back six the same year. Insane. Okay. So it's possible. And he's looking great in preseason, looking great in practice. And by the way, don't expect him to come out and get 60% of snaps. Don't expect him to get 50% of snaps in Alvin Kamara's rookie season. When he finished RB3, he saw over 60% of snaps two games, okay? And conversely, Mark Ingram saw under 60% of snaps in all but two games, okay? So expect a lot of that, but just when when those receptions start piling up, you will see. And it's not going to take long for people to notice because the first game of the season, Thursday night, Kansas City Chiefs, Detroit Lions, Kansas City's the worst defense against receiving running backs. So if it's if it ain't hitting on Thursday <laughs> night week one, Come back, Trade come back. trade him away or what? But, uh, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, get him out of there. no. But I I I expect it to be be you know happening quickly here soon in the season, and I think he could finish a top five running back with Bijan. This is no discredit to Bijan. Both are monsters. So
0: yeah, I think I think the hype I think the hype or lack thereof around Gibbs has been very very one or the other. Like it's been polar mm-hmm. opposites for me in terms of what I'm hearing. I'm hearing guys that are just like all in, bought in like you on Jameer Gibbs. And I'm hearing guys that are just like, I don't want to touch Jameer Gibbs. So I'm not hearing any intermediate stuff. I think for me, pre-draft analysis before he even got drafted in the NFL was that, Joe, is this guy is a receiver basically playing running back. Like he's running routes and catching footballs like a receiver would, like a premier receiver would, not just a receiver. So I do think in a PPR, half point PPR format, there's just so, so much value for him. Are you taking him ahead of ETN, your favorite player of all time?
1: Um, no, not quite. Um, I actually have ETN at eight, RB eight, my rankings, and uh Gibbs at nine. Okay. But you know, just on that on that same note, you know, our childhood running backs, you know, Eckler, CMC, Saquon, like they're not gonna be around forever. Uh, the new era is, I'd argue, it's here. It's Bijan. It's ETN. It's Brees Hall. It's Ramadre. It's Gibbs. Uh, these guys, in, you know, for the next three, four, hopefully five plus years. You know, these are the guys we're going to be mocking in the first round. Um, and it's it's exciting stuff. You know, it's cool. It's cool to see. I think we're in a cool point right now where we can be like, oh, yeah, Saquon Barkley, I remember his rookie year. Okay, let me draft him and Jameer Gibbs and Bijan. Like, it's cool. Um, but anyway.
0: Yeah, no, no. I, I love that. I love I think you're seeing the torch being passed. The yeah. running back shelf life in the NFL is so short, the window of opportunity, right? So like you said, within three, four years, you're already talking about the next wave. And there is a wave. There's like multiple young running backs right now in the NFL that could be studs. Uh, so I love it. Shove it. You got anything else for Joe? No, I mean, this, this has been fun. I am
2: I'm, I'm a little hesitant on Gibbs, you know, I just, I'm just, I'm worried about that. You know, I don't want to be wrong and draft him in the third round. And then like, there goes my season, right? Like that, that's what I'm <laughs> about. Uh, yep. it's, opportunity
0: it's, cost. Opportunity
2: yep. cost for me. Uh, but the one of the range of outcomes is the fact that he could be a league winner for you. So uh, we shall see, but yeah, this has been a lot of fun, man. Also, you mentioned Madden. What is your team to play on in, uh, in Madden? oh
1: okay i'll start by saying i'm the worst madam player dude i'm like i downloaded the other game or the new game the other day i i hopped into just a game against the computer franchise mode i got waxed it was like 32 nothing i had to back out put it on on rookie and uh so i, I can't really answer that like people talk like oh this playbook this that and now i'm just like i'm just like <laughs> only making one read or i'm scrambling with kyler murray like that's me um so honestly sorry can't really go there <laughs> but um yeah I, I need a scrambling qb so i guess ravens <laughs> i guess yeah. Raven. nice. yeah. no, that's
0: fair they got a good squad they got a good yeah.
1: squad
2: no, I mean I what I love from about Madden is that you can just go and check the depth charts and see all the players that are on the team, see all the, you know, where 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 are they, where is the backup running backs ranking and how much of he like is he gonna steal the uh, RB1's role or not?
0: So I do like <laughs> look at it for for that purpose as well. So yeah. Yep. <laughs> Study studying the depth charts. Joe, chart. Outside of football, what is your favorite hobby? When football is not in the picture, what do you do?
1: Um, well I have a dog um and she's been a puppy for like the last year or so she's almost an adult now but i spent a lot of time with her I'm um, big into lifting and running I ran a half marathon this summer nice. I made it through that oh, barely um so that was fun and um yeah n- nothing crazy but yeah a lot of time on fantasy and honestly I'm not afraid to relax when the time's right so
0: yeah, yeah. Big Yankees fan back there or no? Just a random.
1: Yeah, I'm from New Jersey originally. So go Yanks. We don't have to talk about it at the moment. No, yeah.
0: I'm I'm a, I'm a big Yankees fan. I got a notification. Uh, okay. <laughs> I got a notification mid-game that Judge hit three home runs today. So that's okay, good. Fun. So
1: we won't lose uh we won't lose 10 in a row for yeah. the first time since 1913. That's good to know. Exactly. Awesome. Hundred okay. yeah,
0: year, year record yeah. is gonna stay intact. So we're good. Oh, uh, perfect. Joe, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for joining us. Tell the folks where they can find you.
1: Uh, yeah. At no FF on Twitter, uh, f- formerly known as Twitter now known as X and then on YouTube, no expert fantasy football. I can search my name, Joe Rico, but mainly Twitter. It's my website. So
0: perfect. Perfect. Thank you again so much for joining us. We had a lot of fun. Let's try to do this again when the season is in the works. That is Joe Rico. I am sweetheart. That is show we are the only playbook. Thank you guys so much. Have a great week.